0: And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to go through what I think is probably the most pivotal stretch of the season for this team. And it's not because the teams you're playing are juggernauts. It's the exact opposite because these are the games you have to win so that you are not sitting there in Week 17 and Week 18 just hoping and having your fingers crossed for a bunch of teams to lose. Right, That is not a situation you want to leave yourself in. And the way you avoid that is by going up to Carolina and beating up on a bad Panthers team the way you should have with the Falcons. Then going out to London and beating a very beatable Vikings team. It's a good team, but they like to attack you in the passing game. They like to get downfield with their star wide receivers. And you should be able to handle that right? This is a Vikings team that typically is given the Saints problems and then coming back and just laying the wood on a overmatched Seahawks team that has no business walking into the Superdome and winning, just like the Giants had no business walking into the Superdome and winning last year. Right? And so you need to be four and one coming out of that stretch at worst three and two. If you are two and three, one and four, Just, you know, start tanking now because that is the end of your season. You are not coming back from that with the games you have on the the schedule. So, like, these are not games you take lightly. These are games you have to win, in my opinion.
1: And I know that Kirk Cousins gets a lot of heat for his record on Monday night football. Hopefully it's just as bad on Sunday night football as well. What do you mean? You know, the the, the knock on uh, Cousins is that he can't play prime time. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking but that's that not prime eight, time. That's like the opposite of prime time. Yeah. I'm thinking 8 30 at night. No,
0: that's 8 30 in the morning. My bad. <laughs> yeah. This, that's, that's as non prime time as you can get. Right. <laughs> I mean, hope it's like, it's the jet lag game, right? <laughs> you know, it's what time is kickoff in London, technically? Yeah. They are six hours ahead. So if okay. it's an 8 30 kickoff, that would be what, 2 30 in the afternoon? Which is kind right? of odd, too. Right. It's a weird time. Yeah. But, uh yeah, so it's definitely not prime time, but it is it is a national broadcast. Everyone's watching it, so in that sense, it is a nationally televised game. So you know there is pressure, right? If the question is pressure, it's there. But yeah, you, you got to win that game. We saw that Minnesota
1: team struggle greatly uh, against an Eagle squad on Monday Night Football, and a lot of lot of bad decisions from Kirk Cousins, where he seemed to
0: be. Throwing to Darius Slay instead of his receivers. Kirk Cousins, you know, is the the least successful successful quarterback I can think of. Right, like he's a guy who you is unanimously like a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's gonna get picked in fantasy drafts toward the end. You know, he's gonna get you know odds for MVP, but he's like a guy who you're like this guy's never gonna win a Super Bowl, right? He, he and Ryan Tannehill are probably in that same that same mold where it's like, everyone's kind of in agreement. They're, they're pretty good, but n- no one's like going to be like, Oh yeah, that's the guy I want to lead my team. Who, um, who would I, you rather have like a Kirk cousins or a Baker Mayfield? That's pretty tough. I'd rather have Kirk. Cause, cause, cause Baker's kind of an ass. Um, <laughs> I mean like, like uh, from everything, you know, about Kirk cousins, he seems like a good locker room guy. Sure. Like No teams have quit on him right? The Washington wanted to keep him around enough that they franchised him and pay him $28 million for a season, right? So, you know, in that sense, like he seems like he's a good leader, which you could say the, ar- the opposite for Baker. He basically ran Odell Beckham Jr. out of town. And then the team was like, oh yeah, we'd rather have Sean Watson. Like this was a number one overall pick, right? Like this isn't a guy who you should be moving on from. Uh, Ralph Malboro from the you know the Saints Happy Hour podcast always compares him to Jameis Winston, and while well, I don't think they play that similarly, they do. They have had very, very similar careers where they were number one overall picks and the team quit on them. So like you know they have that in common. Uh, but yeah, I would I would rather have Kirk Cousins. Um, but and I think in general, Cousins yeah, is a more accurate quarterback too, huh? I honestly couldn't tell you. You know I, I I haven't seen him play enough. I know that he he throws to his wide receivers and. <laughs> That is something that I've always felt like Baker Mayfield has not done well enough is throw to his wide receivers. I mean, he had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., and that offense did nothing. That off that was a that was a ground and pound offense. So if you're asking me who I would rather have to throw to star wide receivers, it would be Kirk Cousins. But you know, neither one is an exciting an exciting option. You know, I'd rather have Carson Wentz if you if you wanted to go Oof. there. Um, Oof. That's a I mean, at least right he's there. one. I know Washington's one and one. Uh, they so they won week one. So if they're if they are one and one, that means they lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, they got they got beaten up by Detroit. That's right. Amon well, Ross St. Brown. I had two picks that I was really confident about in this year's fantasy drafts. It was Amon Ross St. Brown. It was Christian Kirk, and both have been studs, and that's why I I am I'm winning. Uh, but yeah, so. Either way, back back on t- task here. <laughs> the Saints need to go up to Carolina and win that game. And we saw how it went last year. And I am a little concerned about the offensive line because you know Matt Rule's not a great coach, in my opinion. I don't I don't think he's going to make it past this season. But what that team does have is a very difficult to block zone blitz scheme that just tore this offensive line to shreds in week two of last season. And hopefully they they learned enough there and enough of the, the pieces from that offensive line are back that they can handle it better. Because you know, after what we've seen the first few weeks from a protection standpoint, I am a little concerned that that defensive line, that pass rush is going to wreck the game the same way they did in week two of last year. So if there's a game, like I'm not as concerned about the Vikings. I think the Saints can handle the Vikings. And I know they can handle the Seahawks but I am a little worried about the Panthers and it's a division game. They're going to, they're going to get, you know, the best shot. That's the one. If I had to pick one that the saints might drop, that's going to be it.
1: And what's wild too, with this Panthers team, their last home win was that week two victory against the saints. H- how can that be possible?
0: I Is that, is that true? Yeah. That's their last home victory. Well, so the, you know, that's an advantage for the saints that this game is in Carolina because the saints can't win at home either. Um, that's the only reason like I'm worried about that Seahawks game because this is a team that suddenly cannot win at home. Um, they just see it so many times and uh it's frustrating because these should be the games that you have an advantage in, and instead they're the games that you seem to always lay an egg in. Yeah, that question with the Seattle game to me though is obviously will it even
1: be Geno Smith at quarterback or is it gonna be the other yeah. guy? Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't know, but either way, that's not a game you should lose.
1: No, but um, like you pointed out earlier too, neither was that Giants game that they ended up coughing up a ten point lead in the fourth quarter
0: last year. Giants are two and zero, oh, baby. Giants are going all the way. They haven't been. They haven't been insanely lucky at all. Brian Dable, he's the he's the best. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Bills, you know, I made a big deal about these next three games, and the bigger reason is not even that you know these are difficult games to win. They're games you have to win because from there you have the Bengals in the Superdome. You're going to have a really emotional Joe Burrow, which, you know, they have looked very beatable, but that team's going to figure it out. Then you have a short week and you go to Arizona, which, you know, Arizona, that's going to be the first game with DeAndre Hopkins back. And the Saints have already struggled to handle, you know, mobile RPO style quarterbacks. And that's going to be another one of those matchups. So I have, you know, that's going to be a difficult game on a short week after coming back from london uh, you know that's if i had to pick one of these games that i that i would almost guarantee a loss in it would be that one come back from london play a very difficult bengal's team then go across the country on a short week <laughs> like you might not be over your jet lag from london by the time you get new jet lag from arizona but anyway then they're on their own time i don't even know what time it is in arizona but i know they have a different time zone than everybody else So yeah, they don't have daylight savings there at all, right? Which none of us should. But either way, I I agree. I I, I don't need to get into that debate. (laughs) Farmers can figure it out. The farmers can set their clocks differently. I shouldn't have to. (laughs) Exactly. Amen. Anyway, Uh, but you know they did they did cancel daylight savings time for like a couple years, and then everyone revolted because they couldn't figure out. They like they turned off their internal clocks, and yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it has happened. They have tried to get rid of it, and it was returned by popular demand. I didn't know that. That's terrible to hear. Isn't that awful? Um anyway, and then so you have a Raiders team that you know I think is beatable, but it's a tough matchup. Then a Ravens team, which again, you have a you have a quarterback that you're gonna have to try to contain, and they have not done well good job at that. Prime Steelers, time. Rams, 49ers, and then the Bucks again. So, like, you will get no breaks. There's no bye week. That's These the big one, too. Yeah, matchups. no bye week. Yeah. And you have a quarterback who's trying to play through four fractures in his back. So all that is to say with that run of games coming up if you if you have any concern whatsoever over Jameis Winston being healthy enough to throw accurate passes and the medical staff says yes a week off would help him recover and come back way closer to 100% than if he tries to play through this if that is the scenario then Andy Dalton should be the starter in week three. And it is not about how Jameis is playing. It is not about how the offense has looked. It is about what gives you the best chance to win and what gives you the best chance to have a healthy Jameis Winston the rest of the season, because we are not worried about week three. We should be worried about weeks four through 18, right? Uh, And so to me, that is, that is a, that is the bigger question is not should Andy Dalton play because you think he's the, you think he's the better option. It's, should Andy Dalton play because you need to get Jameis healthy right now so that he can be the best version of himself? See, that's why I thought at the end of last game when things were
1: definitely, you know, out of control and the game was pretty much over against the Bucks, I was surprised we didn't see Dalton come in because of the back issue with Jameis.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I think that from Jameis's perspective and from Da's perspective, they're not worried about the the damage. You know, it sounds like it's something that you're not gonna make worse by playing through it. And I mean, he made good passes. Like it, the end of the game was probably his more effective performance in terms of you know, he did connect with Chris Olave in a deep shot. Chris Olave dropped it. You know, he did lead the ball down the field and 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 rifled one into Mike Thomas. So it's like, you know, the three interceptions in in a ten place stretch was obviously brutal to watch. But you want a guy who can bounce back from that. And I thought he did. Um, so I don't know. I, I think taking him out at that point would have just been just, I don't know. You're, you're just ruining someone's confidence when it's like, okay, let him play through it. If he wants to play through it, let him play through it. Um, but I, I think that you just have to sit down and have an honest conversation with the medical staff and with Jameis and with the coaching staff. Uh, it's like, you know, if is is sitting for a week the best option? And if it is, you have to do it. But that's that's it. That's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I just don't think, like you mentioned, the
1: confidence aspect. I don't think this team is going to make that move because of the psyche, the ego, whatever you want to say. If Jameis Winston is at stake as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll learn more tomorrow, right? Sure. If, right. if he's not active in practice, uh, then I think you're 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 gearing up for for at least conversation about Andy Dalton, right? Um, if he's a full participant then there's no question he's going to go.
1: (laughs) But wouldn't you guesstimate that he's going to be limited? I'm not going to say he's not going to practice, and I'm not saying he's going to be a full go either.
0: Well, I would guess he's limited, but at a certain point, you have to wonder, you know, if you can't be full in practice and you can't do your full install, then that's a problem, right? Your quarterback, there's a lot of players on your team that can be limited and not have it really changed throughout the week. Your quarterback, I feel like, has to be in those reps. Um, so if you're not able to be a full participant, then that's also an issue. You don't want to half ass the rest. You either give him the rest and let him get healthy or you have him go. And if he can't participate fully in practice, then that's an issue. So, you know, I, I think we're gonna find out a lot more tomorrow. Um, and we're just gonna we're gonna go forward. But I I say all this, but Friggin' Tom Brady's going to have Wednesdays off for the rest of the season. So who knows? But
1: but they did say he's still going to be around for meetings and things like that. He's just not
0: taking anything, any part on the field activities kind of deal. Yeah, Tom gets whatever Tom wants. Absolutely. Uh, B. Thomas, would it be rest of Jameis two to three weeks to recover looking at our schedule? Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what we've been talking about. I don't think two to three weeks is the answer. I just think this is week three, and uh, you have to kind of make that determination right now. Because the longer you let this go on, you know, you're not going to turn around, right? You don't want to come back after watching him struggle in week three and saying, man, if we had sat him and he had gotten better and came back week four and felt good, then we would be in better shape, right? You don't want to get into week three and having dropped a matchup because of it. So that's just the decision you have to make now. But I don't think that you're going to say, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to sit him down for two, three weeks, right? If If you feel like you need to sit him down, then it would be week to week and you would come back next week and, and hopefully he would be in the right condition to play but this is all this is all conjecture we're going to talk to Jameis tomorrow assuming he practices if he doesn't practice then he might not talk but we're going to learn a lot more tomorrow one way or the other so that's the good thing this podcast is posting in the morning amen to that I think that's uh, I think that'll wrap it up there we got one more second we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the tight end position which has changed significantly Did since we get this time last year. Did we get somebody? Oh yeah, all the faces are the same. But the only yeah, the, the change the has been yeah. I expected more out of everybody but Jawan Johnson. And so <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about that, so stick around on Inside Black and Gold.